The great Boz has spoken. Good morning. Welcome to the land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Good morning. It is Tuesday, October 2nd, day two of this wild adventure known as the Land of Boz. I am your host, Jeff Bosley. Welcome to the chaos. I thoroughly enjoy uh, talking to your earballs, so thank you for that. I really appreciate your uh, your loyalty and your attention and the fact that I think this audio sounds good with my air conditioners still running so I don't have to die of a malaria-looking heat stroke. So... With that being said, here we go. My day. So believe it or not, I actually slept in till like almost 9 a.m. I uh, never, well, I don't never do that, but I rarely do that because I hate it. I can't stand sleeping in that long. Uh, I mean, at that point, my ideally, I've already been up for six hours, got to work out in, showered, and got to work on uh, just life. Uh, but I treated myself to it, slept in, uh, got a little, I guess everybody's going to obviously say, well, your body obviously needed it. Well, if that's the case, if I listened to my body, I'd sleep all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I woke up, worked and got caught up and everything. Um, a couple odd things today. I, uh, I turned on Spotify and I had it on, I think it was called chill country, some chill country playlist. And there was a song I may have missed some irony or it was meant to be sarcastic but there was a country song by an unknown uh, artist called f the popo and uh i'm i guess this is probably my this is my bad but i'm going to assume that's kind of pretty blatant that's kind of hard to be black and white um the song conjured up a couple thoughts one is uh there's a gentleman i want to have on the show is one of the get one of our guests um he'll be entertaining and he'll be perfect for stuff like this but it made me think. So let's assume this song, F the Popo, is, and it was a country song. I mean, normally country songs, again, I'm not, I try to keep this show relatively apolitical, but normally country, you, t- you nine times out of ten can assume country artists are kind of swinging towards the right with their, their guns and their trucks. But um, yeah, it was called F the Popo, and it made me think. This <sighs> Uh, I, I had to do a, uh, the other day an audition, um, as a former firefighter, I had to address, you know, why, what do I like about firefighting? And I told the uh, person, the uh, casting director, I said, well, and I, th- I can't remember who told me this, this, uh, female firefighter I met years ago in college or, uh, firefighter counterpart at Colorado Springs fire department when I was on, on the, uh, on the line there. But, um, so wherever it came from, but somebody said, well, everybody has happy to see the fire is happy to see firefighters. Even some of the most combative drugged out patients that we uh, interacted with on the streets were more or less compliant uh, because we're firefighters, not cops. Uh, nine, uh, very often, uh, especially at bar things or like, you know, when the bars are closing, uh, law enforcement would actually have firefighters kind of initiate contact with some people because it established a little less hostile um vibe and I get it and it makes sense um but in defense of my uh brothers and sisters in blue it's I I can't fathom what you all do uh you know everybody after you're in special forces or some sort of combat arms branch of the military base says why weren't you a cop and again I'm not a warmonger anybody who knows me knows I'm kind of a jolly green giant you know teddy bear um you know but I also tell my mom and anybody else that knows me and 
cares about little lovable Jeff. You know, when that light switch flips, though, I'm I am what I am, and I did what I did, and I can do what I do if I have to now. And um, I I say that because, like I said, I'm not a warmonger, um, and I would love to be. Uh, I think it'd be an amazing to be a, a police officer or law enforcement. Um, but so even if you are a slight warmonger, or you like the life or the adrenaline rush, or you know, doing catching bad guys with guns, etc. I don't know how cops do it now. They, they can't be cops. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously there's with anything, uh, with evolution of anything, things need to change and be addressed based on things that go good, bad, and everything in between. And, you know, there is some, uh, evolution that's happening in law enforcement with, um, with civilians and law enforcement. But at the end of the day, I've actually talked to a lot of special teams and uh, kind of like SWAT teams, et cetera, with varying, uh, with various agencies and the escalate, again, I'm not saying violence should be, you know, the shut, the first thing you do, but the escalation of violence or the protocols that are in place before cops can even, you know, do anything. It's, it's terrifying. You know, if a bad guy draws a gun, a cop can't draw a gun back. There's several steps they have to do for to be litigious, whatever, to uh, pretty much adhere to department protocol. And that's terrifying because no bad guy is going to take 10, go, well, first I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. And then if he doesn't do this, then I'm going to do this. Bad guys are going to pull a gun and shoot you. And um, cops living with that every day of their career. Uh, And again, they don't have off times between deployments. They have a shift maybe between uh, shifts uh, to get off and to be off and be and decompress. And uh, I think cops have more chances of PTSD than soldiers, uh, just, you know, depending on obviously the city they work, but they're never off. They can never be off. It's, it's intense. And so when I hear things like F the popo, obviously there are some bad apples and some things that are wrong. I'm not denying that, but man, when you want a cop there, you're really going to not think this F the popo. So if this uh, musician was being serious and not sarcastic, I don't wish him harm, but I really uh, wish hope for the day where he realizes, holy shit, I really need a police officer right now. I probably shouldn't have said F the popo. So that's my little soapbox in defense of my uh, brothers and sisters in blue. Uh, what you do, uh, there are, it sucks because all we hear about are the bad apples, just like anything. And what you do does not go unnoticed and unappreciated by me. Um, it's, it's intense, and I can't fathom it, and I thank you for what you do. So that's my... Uh, police rant today and then in lieu of that this actually while i was listening to the song i got in my truck went to an audition and uh i want to address merging this is going out to big city people particularly in los angeles i will let satan himself come into my lane if he does what we learned in driver's education signal check your spot see if there's a way to get in work your way into the lane you just force your way in there. One of these days when I'm rich and I can spare a vehicle and damage, I that is a game of chicken you will lose. The, I People lose a chicken with me only because I can't afford to fix my truck or be without a vehicle. Um, this game of chicken bullcrap in Los Angeles is is not going to last much longer with me. Uh, I know it sounds like having a bad day. It's just it's things that happen. But yeah, when a, and it's always, again, I'm not judging, but it's always some very high-end vehicle. Rarely do I get cut off by pieces of junk or trucks. Um, but yeah, uh, more times than I can count, some high-end uh, vehicle just 
comes in. And if it weren't for my braking, because honestly, it's because I don't want to damage my truck, they would run right into me. And one of these days, I'm just going to let it happen. It's going to be a Michael Keaton or Michael Douglas falling down style that day. And we'll see how that goes. Same with merging onto the highway. Um, Pauline once uh, said something very, I never thought of this, but when you're doing LA has a lot of those crazy overlapping on off ramps where it's just a, it's a, it's a crap show. It's, and she called it, people just need to zipper. That makes absolute sense. You just zipper, you take turns, this lump of five cars and then one car, that stuff obviously adds up exponentially on, on the interstates and causes traffic jams. So zipper method, work on your merging people and respect the police. <laughs> so that's my day. And then I went off to an audition. Uh, I crushed it. Um, anybody that knows me from college theater days, I did almost a, a throwback to Oren Scrivello DDS from uh, my performance, uh, my run of Little Shop of Horrors as the dentist. Um, it was awesome. I got to play a coked out gang leader in a prison and um, it was a blast. I really hope I get this role. So that is my uh, day. So let's move on and crush it with the rest of the show. What the heck crap happened in history today? Extra, extra. Read all about it. Life story of Playboy Penny. Extra, extra. All right. I start every segment with all right. I'll work on that. So I know that's probably annoying on your end. But today in history, October 2nd, very um, odd. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Rock Hudson, uh, pretty much a famous kind of the man's man back in the back in the day. He was the first celebrity to die of AIDS in 1985 today. Interesting. And moving on to slightly happier stuff. The Twilight Zone, one of my favorite shows growing up. Well, there was the original one in the 50s and then so on and so forth. But this is, this is the first one in the 1959. It debuted on CBS. Also on CBS in 1955, Alfred Hitchcock Presents started. So a lot of odd, twisted thriller horror TV shows. But more importantly, Born Today. If you don't know what this is, you need help. Today in history. Uh, moving on, uh, one uh, segment I want to bring up every once in a while, if I can, is a segment um, that I want to address or bring to the awareness uh, any sort of charity or thing I firmly believe in. And these aren't paid, there's nothing like that. They're just ones uh, anybody who knows me knows long enough that I only kind of sign my name to uh, things I care about. Um, and yeah, people do approach me, but when they do, I look into it and it, it, it is something I believe in and can and happily be part of. Uh, the most recent one is one called Compassion Can't Wait, uh, CompassionCan'tWait.org. They approached me and I wasn't really sure what it was about. Not like it was a sham or anything at first, but I just had never, it, I wasn't sure what it meant. And uh, 
I can't believe I had never thought something like this should exist, but it's pretty painfully obvious that something like this needs to exist. Um, think of any child that has some sort of terminally ill uh, disease or uh, just anything. that it, They're basically terminal and they're uh, passing away slowly. And statistically in this world, a lot of children are raised by single parents. So that single parent has to deal with that child and then that single parent still has to somehow make the decision to go to work to provide for that child and make money to pay the bills. That's a sick uh, situation to be in for that parent. Um, and Compassion Can't Wait is for that uh, situation. They help raise funds so the single mother, the single father, the single guardian doesn't have to make these horrendous decisions about do I go to work today or can I sit by my loved one's side and uh, help make their time on, on this planet as best as possible. So yeah, CompassionCan'tWait.org. Check them out. Um, I'm honored to have been uh, got on their radar, and I'm honored to be part of it and help spread the word. So please check it out. Thanks. And so for anybody that knows me, you know, I love me and defend me, all things nerd. Nerd. All right. So, God, I do start every segment with the words all right. Sorry about that. I'll work on it. I promise. Today on Nerd, uh, I want to talk about some news. Uh, I'm, I'm admittedly a DC fan. Um, I don't take sides. It's not like me and like Ford and Chevy or Chevy and Dodge. I like Dodge. Uh, but uh, I've always been kind of a, more of a fan of Superman and Batman. And they, and they are DC. Uh, for those of you who look deep and deep and deep into DC, there's tons of other DC stuff. Obviously, Marvel's kind of killed it as far as character recognition. But uh, I'm a huge fan of that. And I'm a huge fan of Batfleck. I dig Ben Affleck as Batman. For those of you who looked at the... Um, the reference material, um, I always brain fart on which is which. There's like the Dark Knight, the Night of Darkness or whatever. But it's an animated series, not the animated series, but it's an animated mini series on, uh, I believe it's still on Netflix called uh, The Return of the Dark Knight or whatever. But the Batman costume actually matches the correct one, the one that they had in uh, the first Ben Affleck uh, helmed Batman. And uh, he killed it. And there's news about he's currently in a rehab for alcohol. Uh, you know, good for him. And um, recently, there's been some images online of him uh, leaving a meeting at Warner Brothers, the owners of DC uh, movies, and uh, with him with supposedly a script in hand. So uh, it looks like we could have uh, put all the rumors to you know killed him all because it looks like he still may be back. A lot of people don't like it. I don't know. Okay, as actor Jeff, I'd like to have it. Uh, but as fan Jeff, I'm really thinking Ben Affleck is, is killing it. Um, they definitely need to fix Justice League's residual ooeyness from its uh, poor foyer into existence. Um, Zack Snyder, the director of all this stuff, uh, there's a lot of drama behind everything that did and didn't happen with him and, and, and uh, Justice League and him being kind of shoved out of the way and super sucks um but i'm not sh i don't even know what the next batman uh what its plot points will be and all that so uh the news is that batman or ben affleck is looking like he's coming back he uh, definitely needs to get in some shape he's got definitely has alcoholic rehab body <laughs> so uh, i wish him the best 
And uh, I'm very curious where this next next chapter goes because uh, DC needs to get their shit together, man. They they got glimmers of hope, but man, they gotta they gotta knock one out of the park. And I think the only thing that's really sustaining them is that they're staying super true to the source material in glimmers, in like moments of hope. So I think they're on the right path, but I also think uh, the Snyder-helmed Batman and uh, all the other stuff he's been involved with was a big factor in its, in its success and getting rid of him or I'm not even sure what's going on. Whatever they're doing with Snyder or not doing is, is hurting it. So here we go to have Batfleck back. So now it's time to pull up a craftsman workbench, sit down, and we're going to talk man-to-man. So today's man-to-man talk. Today I just want to talk about trucks. Keeping it simple. I'm not going to get deep and political. I just want to talk about trucks. Um, I grew up uh, with um, a Toyota Land Cruiser in my life. My father bought a 1987 FJ60 uh, Toyota Land Cruiser, silver. Um, anybody that's following me now, either you're asleep or really interested because that's a really cool vehicle. Um, and, uh, I, in Idaho, you can drive when you're 15 because it's a farming community where you're allowed to drive at 15 during daylight hours only. So it's a day license. And typically that was designed. I don't know. I'm sure it's awesome. Frequently abused now, uh, for people when they're working on the farm to be able to work during the day. Um, there's also a potato harvest where you get two weeks off in the middle of the school year to go work on the farm. So God bless Idaho. Um, so my dad had this uh, 87 Land Cruiser and I loved this vehicle. I wanted it so bad. Um, to my mom and dad's credit, I was not raised snobby. I hope, hope my friends will agree. I was not raised snobby, uh, but I mean, I, my father uh, is a re- was uh, he was a physician. He's retired now emergency room physician and so I mean I was very fortunate in my life but I never had um, a feeling that I would be automatically given this Land Cruiser and uh, I still argue subconsciously I did not do this on purpose one day I was driving it home from a high school yeah I only drove it to junior high a little bit my dad placated me and let me just to make me feel cool you know get the chicks not really what I used it for at all Um, however I did lose my virginity in the back of this Land Cruiser. Classy, I know. There's a little uh, truth bomb. So yeah, the Land Cruiser's been in the <laughs> been through it all. <laughs> my parents are listening to this, going, "Oh, good God, Jeffrey." Um, but uh, in high school, I was driving this Land Cruiser home, uh, hit a patch of ice, and drove it through a brick wall. And not just kind of, I took out two, they're probably about like five or six foot sections, so 10 to 12 feet sections, spun it because uh, it made me spin, skipped a section and took out two more five uh, to six foot, 10 to 12 foot total foot sections. So anywhere upwards of 20 to 26 feet of concrete fence I took out. Uh, So some people's poor backyard um, no longer had any sort of barrier around it because Jeff Bosley drove a Land Cruiser through it. Got it towed home. My father said, you wanted it so bad, it's yours. And uh, just like Sheldon and Murphy Brown, who was painting her house for the entire run of the series, which is back, by the way, I find odd. I spent almost every summer and holiday from junior high, I believe, through college, when I moved back to Idaho to finish college at Idaho State, 
somehow paying off debt or a damage or some sort of uh, thing I had to repair by fixing or painting my parents' house. It was an interesting life. However, as a result, I learned all of the cool, and I don't say this sexistly, I just be lighten up and enjoy yourself. Uh, but I learned all the cool man stuff I know because of that, because of my dad. He taught, you know, I learned how to uh, install uh, sprinkler systems, work on electric, uh, like uh, the, all the electrical stuff in a house. I learned how to build decks and measure for decks and, and sink screws and, you know, all that crap. But back to trucks. So I got that Land Cruiser and there was the seed, the inception of four-wheel drives and mud tires and locking hubs and leaf springs versus coil springs and suspension lifts and oh my god the addiction i have an addictive addictive personality and i i i learn overnight something i get interested in this podcast is a perfect example i said i would do a five day a week podcast boom i've already hammered out three i'm ready to roll and no going back i just moved as a matter of fact another good example uh, and within 48 hours i was packed moved unpacked and pictures hung key hooks stuck to the wall uh, everything packed up, boxed, put away. It looked like I've been living here for months, so I don't half-ass anything. However, that also comes with damage to the pocketbook and really annoyed parents when you're messing with a vehicle all the time like that. But that is where my love of four-wheel drives and trucks began. Uh, intermittently, I've had vehicles, two-wheel drive vehicles, but I've never not liked them. I still have that Land Cruiser, as a matter of fact. It's sitting at a friend's house in Simi Valley, dead. It will be restored someday. Maybe the guys at uh, Fieldcraft Survival, maybe that could be a build. We'll have to talk to you guys about that. Hopefully you're listening. Um, but yeah, so I love me my four-wheel drives. I currently drive a Dodge Ram, uh, four-wheel drive lifted, four-door. It's, it's my dream truck. I vow my, and I rarely do I do this, but I, I kind of, if you want to say, put it in the universe, that I wanted a Dodge Ram and I wanted a black Dodge Ram. I wanted a black four-door Dodge Ram already lifted because I didn't want to deal with doing it myself. Um, and I found this one. Uh, it was in Arizona. I went, looked at it, bought it, and on faith, drove it back to California. Um, and I'm gonna say, uh, I, I, I love all there is about trucks. Uh, in high school and college, I worked at tires or tires, Les Schwab tires, uh, where they do tire installs, rotation, balances, shocks, suspensions. I only worked there so I could get the discount. I only work at places I want discount discounts. I worked at a GNC, like a local kind of GNC place, because I wanted a discount on supplements. I did that in college, um, and I worked at this tire store forever, only to put lifts on my uh, Land Cruiser. Um, I had actually an old, another Dodge Ram. I forget the year. It was the new body style, but I had a Dodge Ram then, and I also used my uh, Les Schwab employee discount to install a lift on that. Um, I, that was when I was in Washington State, going to college up there. Used the bejesus out of it uh, for skiing and such and stuff like that. So, love me some trucks. This current one is a four, uh, I want to say a four or five inch lift. I got some Kumo tires on it. None of this is braggadocious. These are, it's truck talk. Calm down. Um, I put a K&N intake on it, a true dual exhaust, uh, Magnaflow exhaust. Sounds amazing. Sounds beautiful. Uh, is it practical for Los Angeles? Hell no. It is not practical in Los Angeles. Its turn radius is worse than a train. Um, it is very loud. So even if a blue, if I get a call while I'm driving, a Bluetooth in my ear is useless. Um, but I freaking love it. And the little uh, hippie inside of me, 
was this is why I bought it in LA is I, I, I envisioned that this truck is the truck that will sustain me through my career here to where it excels to the point where I can move to Montana or uh, Colorado and in the life of that vehicle and to a place where that vehicle's ownership makes sense. So that's my little hippie moment is to have that truck when I move. Uh, I love LA. I respect it, but I don't want to live here long term. So that is truck talk. Um, feel free to email in fans at jeffbosley.com or you can comment on this posts, uh, posts under it on patreon.com. And uh, I, I'd like, I like to think I'm actually relatively savvy when it comes to trucks and vehicles and suspensions and all that. So we can do a little shop talk. Um, I have a Harley. I'm learning that, but I've installed everything on that because I luckily know what I'm doing with the truck and it's not too dissimilar. So that was truck talk. I look forward to getting your emails and hopefully we can kind of have a two-way conversation on this. Yeah, truck talk. So yes, I am a working actor and there is that's kind of a misnomer because unless you're Tom Cruise or Christian Bale, you're working or you're working at working. Uh, I'm very blessed and or stubborn that I am not a bartender, a bouncer, a personal trainer, no disrespect to people that do all that stuff at the same time as act, but I'm very lucky and disciplined and live very, 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 very thin uh, financially so that all I do is act or work at acting. Uh, so in lieu of that, for anybody that follows me in the acting world that wants acting chat stuff, today we are going to talk about your online presence and your image. Well, I'm an actor, right? So I got to keep my emotions right at the surface, you know? Your online presence. We live in a world where everything is online. And by tip or discussion I want to have today is... If you think casting directors or producers aren't stalking your social media, you're a moron. Especially if you're kind of unknown or completely unknown like me or whatever I am. Producers and casting directors aren't about to risk their reputation and their successful box office for unknown people. So if they're going to be risky and sign the new person onto whatever project sure as hell can bet they're going to look at your online presence and go, is this the person we want to give, you know, put millions of dollars of a project on their shoulders or represent us, etc. Become rich and famous before you get caught, you know, doing cocaine in the back alley of someplace in downtown. There's that's its own problem, but don't kill your reputation before you have it. So if you have a pro page and a personal page, they, I think they should match. They shouldn't be too deep, much deviation. And granted, anybody that knows me knows I have my little um, teenage girl hissy fits. Um, I'm guilty of, and I admit it and apologize. But look at your online presence the way somebody that wants to invest money in you will look at it. Um, are you doing ripping beer bongs on a balcony and making an ass of yourself? Or do you look like a professional hard worker that they want to risk spending money on? So that's your online presence. Um, and that's also, again, I'm not an expert at this. If I was, I'd be on a billboard next to Tom Cruise. But I'm working on it, and I'd like to think I have a pretty good idea how to do this stuff. Um, a perfect example is uh, your, like Instagram. If it's for your work, I personally, uh, like I follow Tom Cruise because I want to see his work. I don't care about his personal life. And casting directors and, and producers, they want to think that you live, eat, and breathe for them. So I'm not sure they really, you know, they want to know you're a human and a person and a personality and somebody they want to work with. But if, you know, 
if you have pictures of you laying there asleep being lazy and justifying four days off because you worked really hard one day, that doesn't give a vibe of a hard worker. And uh, so in the lieu of that with your image, um, a friend of mine gave me this tip, follow people that you want to emulate. So I started following Daniel Craig, Hugh Jackman, and the like, and I try to emulate them as best I can as far as uh, an image. You know, I don't want to copy them. I'm still me, but, you know, you got to replicate what's working for other people and um, know your, I, uh, I hate the phrase, but know your brand and use. <sighs> Sorry, that's entertaining. I'm making myself tired. But know your brand and use it and, and tailor that. Make all your sites match. Um, somebody complimented me, uh, I think yesterday, about how all of my sites, everything seemed consistent. I take that as a compliment. And it's kind of relaxing to just make everything match. Don't get too crazy and deviate. Um, I truly also am frustrated with social media because it's such a time suck. So find that balance. Find that healthy thing. Some people are better than others. And uh, it's a necessary evil. I hate to say it. So... Keep that in mind when you are online and making your presence known. Um, always pause, look at it through somebody else's eyes, and think twice. Um, and again, I'm kind of bad, you know, got to swallow my own medicine, but that's my best advice with uh, your online presence and your uh, image as an actor. So, for anybody that's followed, I either say all, so or all right. I'm truly, truly sorry that every segment starts that way. However, for anyone that's followed me for any length of time or has known me personally, um, I have found my existence and my foundation, my church, my solace, my start to the day I need every day of the week. Um, I have found it in fitness and exercise. So let's chat. Okay, I'm going to get a Bowflex. I'm going to commit. I'm going to get some dumbbells. You know you can't eat dumbbells, right? Yes, that is right. And that's today's tip. Weigh your food. For anybody that's going on their fitness journey, their diet journey, their nutrition journey, um, I've said it before and I'll beat it to death again. Diet implies what you eat, what is part of your diet, not some miserable soul-sucking um, existence nutritionally that is miserable and un non-sustainable. Diet is what you eat. And to do that right, uh, you need to know what you're putting in and you can't just... Some people can. Godspeed to those people. I still need a scale. Everybody should use it until they think they got their stuff figured out. Because until you have figured it out, you can't argue, you can't bitch and moan when you're like, not sure what's working, but I'm doing my best. And I go, well, are you weighing your food? No. All right, well, then quit complaining because you're not doing everything you can. Weighing your food guarantees you know exactly what's going in. You can't figure out why something isn't working in an equation when you haven't uh, mastered all of the knowns. So if you're shooting for a set uh, macronutrient profile and you're guessing, you, Godspeed. Uh, I mean, even a scoop protein powder, it should be, it should be very consistent because like a chicken breast that looks the same as another chicken breast, it could be more or less dense having more or less protein. So that one, that's kind of a given that there'll be deviations. But even protein powders, uh, the way the scoop is, how it settles in the scoop, how powdery and airy, the uh, protein powder is even a scoop of protein powder, which should be the darndest close thing to a guarantee. Even that will be wrong. I even weigh my protein and it's not hard. You set the scale down and whatever bowl, cup, shaker bottle you're using, you set it on top of there. You pour it in. It takes seconds more. Is it no big deal? So buy yourself a scale. Um, I use a digital one. It's not fancy. I have two. Um, one's a backup, uh, but the one I have is 
no joke, the very first food scale I bought in Tacoma, Washington when I was going to college in at Pacific Lutheran University. Uh, I bought it at some uh, like kitchen store in the, in the Tacoma, I think it was, is it called the SeaTac Mall? Tacoma, whatever, Tacoma, the Tacoma Mall. And uh, I've had it ever since. And I smuggle, I was embarrassed at the time. I smuggled that into the cafeteria at PLU and I would weigh my food. And that's that. And it's really not that hard. Um, if you, it's just like, um, there's, uh, there's a phrase in scuba diving, uh, plan your dive, dive your plan. Same with diet and nutrition. Uh, plan what you eat, eat what you planned. Plain and simple. Um, and unless you have a scale, you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, and then like if you're at a restaurant, you can eyeball it you know if you get good at eyeballing or a lot of restaurants say especially with like steaks and meats it will say um you know like an eight ounce steak or 12 ounce steak or an eight ounce chicken breast and then you can go home and add it in and hopefully you didn't screw up so uh with fitness uh yeah buy yourself a scale it's just if you're not doing that and still bitching that you're not getting your results that's a huge factor i mean obviously if you have a scale and you're eating pizza it doesn't take a nutritional rocket scientist to realize there's also another problem, but go out, buy yourself a scale. Well, heck go out, get on Amazon, buy yourself a scale. They're relatively cheap. If I can afford it, you can. And it's a good investment to have. Um, get one that I like the ones that have, Oh, well, I'm really stimulating. I like the ones that have four units of measurement. Um, it does, uh, you know, American and metrics. So pounds and kilograms, grams, or yeah, ounces and pounds, grams and kilograms, and also fluid ounces and milliliters. Um, there's a lot of argument to be said where you can trust those, but it's, uh, it's, I trust them enough. So go buy a scale and, uh, we'll keep talking. Which brings us to the tail end of the show and my guest, and I've said in the past, my guests are my friends and I'm not interviewing them. This is their time to use my show as a platform for whatever the crap they want to do. Uh, they can complain about the commute. They can talk about being a father. They can talk about their children. They can talk about their children's friends, parents. Um, they can talk about motivation and optimism. But basically, I have a lot of unique friends with a lot of different perspectives and a lot on their mind. So this provides me to provide you some diversity in our show to give you a little bit more uh, entertainment and education or who knows, even more. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Okay, and then one of those friends I'm going to bring back very frequently is probably my OG podcasting partner, Alicia. Anybody that's followed me a long time knows us from our Hippie and the Caveman podcast days. My... Uh, Longtime friend, we met at an audition. We checked each other out. She thought I was an a-hole. Now we've been friends ever since. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know, Alicia and I met. I mean, we didn't know we, or I didn't know we met because I was not paying attention basically at an audition many, 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 many years ago in Colorado. And, uh, fast forward, she took a risk and met me at a coffee shop for a pseudo friend coffee date meet thing. Uh, fast yeah, where, forward. Where we realized within five minutes that we would never date each other. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> yeah, well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, that I, I left that part out. But yeah, it's uh, for whatever reason, we just were like, we're going to like, well, like the audio clip said, are we going to we're going to be best friends, but that's pretty much all we can pull off without killing each other. <laughs> and this is coming from Alicia, the most easy going, goddamn happiest. I just swore on my own show. Happiest, easiest going, most pliable human on this planet. Well, thank you. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, our history fast forward. She pinned my badge on me for my firefighter graduation, and we've been silly friends since. And now yeah. she travels the... Okay, so this is me on the outside looking in. I know this isn't the case, but because Instagram stories and all that are somewhat accurate, but also sometimes not... <laughs> My view of you is like, it's like watching the real world meets single mom meets hippie party girl. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I like you're, you're living life. I, yeah. I mean, I will say my, my Instagram is very, very honest. I'm actually really, really committed to like, to not BS social media, but I mean, I do, I, um, I mean, I, I work for a, a tech company and I'm the national speaker and I travel constantly. So, I mean, I was gone three weeks in August. That's when we uh, met up in Anaheim. Yes. Went to Disneyland. <laughs> we crammed in the <laughs> fastest Disneyland trip ever. <laughs> the fastest Disneyland trip ever. <laughs> and then I was gone three weeks in September and I've got um, six trips between now and the second week of October. So I do, I mean, I travel a lot, but it's, you know, and then when I'm not traveling, I'm basically always parenting. So yeah. It, it is, it's nutty, but it's fun. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, um, I, I just uh, got back from Halifax, Nova Scotia. That, that's in Canada for us people that don't know <laughs> our, our geography. That is Eastern Canada. Um, <laughs> okay, now educate me this. Hold, hold that thought. Don't forget it. Yep. Now, this is ignorant American, and I can easily Google this, but I want to be educated on, on this. Why is every place in Canada have three names? Like, is, it, is there a set system? Like, normally it'd be like Colorado Springs, Colorado, but there's like uh -huh. a Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Like, what are the three? Oh, well, well, Halifax is the city. Okay. Nope, Nova Scotia is the province. Ah. So just like my parents live in Calgary, Alberta. Calgary's the city, Alberta's the province. Gotcha. So and is Canada is the country. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so is province I am embarrassed to even say this. But province is like uh, likened to yes. our state. It's like a state. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yes, you Canadians, exactly. you have to say the word province. That sounds so prim and proper. Well, people have different names for for the different regional areas i know but america exactly see i knew you'd understand <laughs> so you were in so, halifax and halifax. yes the thing that's interesting about halifax is that i actually graduated from high school in halifax oh. even though i'm not from there i'm from vancouver my little canadian friend yeah now is that the, how long has it been since you've been to halifax this was the first time Aww. I was back in 18 years since I graduated from high school and moved away when I was 17. Oh, how yeah. well, were you able to like go down and check things out or were you just in the whirlwind of work as usual? I mean, I was working, I was working a lot, um, but I also did have some downtime. I went down to the harbor a few times, which, which in the, in the craziness of my life, it's very, very important that that I take time and that everyone does 
take time to like center themselves and find moments and and get away from the craziness and I feel like I feel like especially with the madness of my life that I realized how important that is. So yeah. I went down to the waterfront a couple times and Aww. walked around and there's always like buskers down there, like, you know, people playing, playing music and on the waterfront and tourists. And it was, it was good. It was really good. Well, I, I partied a lot. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I don't even think uh, anybody could do it justice without witnessing it firsthand. So you got a single mother of three insane children. Like they are insane in a good way, but like insane as in they have cocaine running through their blood or something. Like I see, not literally, but like I watch your stories and I get tired just watching one 30 second clip of any of your children doing anything. (laughs) And then, yeah. And then you got you running around the world working and then Alicia truly exemplifies that person that somehow doesn't let that drag you down because you take those moments and that's probably the only reason not the only reason that's a major reason I like try to just vibe off of you because I'm so poor at that and that's like one of the reasons like I want everyone to know you is because it's like I use you almost like a barometer I'm like oh I'm so busy I gotta take my dog for one pee walk and it's like oh wait Alicia keeps three humans alive that are trying to kill her on a daily basis (laughs) and travels the world working and takes time to sit down and enjoy a sunrise so what's our excuse you have to. You really, you have to. I think one of the things that I think I worry about with hustle culture is that, like, yes, hustle is important. And I hustle. I mean, for sure. the job I have right now, I've worked my butt off for. I mean, I've had three promotions in three years. And but and I do, I work really hard. But if you don't, if you don't step away from that and center yourself and pay attention to where you're at and, you're, and you focus on where you're at right now instead of always looking at what you have to do next, you miss out on so much. Yeah, I mean, it's sure. the normal Buddhist, Zen, Tao, <laughs> hippie, hissy shit, right? Yep. No, it's true. So, and I don't, and that's, it blows my mind that you pull it off though. <laughs> so I always joke and say that someday my memoir is going to be amazing because, because inevitably on my travels, there's always there's always a story. There's, it's like you, it just happens. So, so this is my Halifax story. <laughs> I like that you have uh, a Halifax story. Not many people can <laughs> utter that sentence. <laughs> so, so I'm there for the Royal LePage National Sales Conference. Which the first thing you have to know about realtors is that realtors party hard. I got a privy <laughs> to a fact, an eighth or 16th of this world when I was walk when you and I were walking away from Disneyland and we're in Anaheim, California, mind you everybody. Like, so this isn't exactly like a small town we're and it's, so we're in the hotel district. So the odds of crossing hotel people make sense, but we're crossing and, you know, leaving Disneyland at 11 o'clock or so. And one of Alicia's fellow real estate partiers comes stumbling out of like nowhere, like a ninja Batman real estate party guy. <laughs> And we're like, and we and had a party story. And I was like, what? This just, what? these people are no joke. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so Canadians party hard too. And I'm in the middle of conference season. So for a lot of them, <laughs> this is their one big conference. But me, I'm doing it week after week. So, and. and oh, they're amateurs sales, then. <laughs> well, and well, because of my job, I mean, it's not like my job isn't actually part of my job isn't to party. Except sure. it is like it's relationship building. Oh, yeah. You put in time with these people. And that's how that's how business gets done in the world. So, yeah. so it's the last night of the Royal LePage National Sales Conference. And they're having the big glow party at the convention center, which I had low expectations. Wait, are you talking glow party like the hippie glow sticks well, house music? 
everyone had to wear all black and they handed out glow sticks and there was really cool like um like art being projected out like glow oh, art my social anxiety is already kicking in <laughs> no, it's so fun. I, this is my stuff. This is my Oh, yeah, jam. this is your world. <laughs> so I had low expectations because usually when the party's at the convention center, it's lame. But they had um, they had hoops hanging from the ceiling and silks. They had acrobats doing stuff on the silks and the hoops. Why can't I they get that job? actual DJs, actual DJs that were just bringing the party. <laughs> so it's my last night. And it's most of everyone's last night. Some of these realtors that were at this conference partied until 4 a.m. every morning, didn't Mother go to of any God. of the sessions because they were hungover and would start day drinking at noon and party Mother until 4 a.m. No. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's the last night. Everyone's partying hard. We're having a blast. I shut down the dance floor because that's what I do. I love you so and much. I, <laughs> and I have a flight at 6 a.m., okay? I have a flight at 6 a.m. And oh, I'm so tired <laughs> just hearing it. <laughs> so i um so then i am gonna go uh back to my hotel and i but i'm going to get a donair first which is a eastern canada regional food that will change your life yeah i saw that what is it and they had vegetarian ones so it's like a gyro but the sauce is different okay it was started by turkish immigrants not the vegetarian version right No. okay i was like that didn't come around until two years ago they did not yeah they didn't have a vegetarian version 18 years ago when i was there so i was very very excited that i could still have a donair i was noticing (laughs) so uh, so okay so i go to get my vegetarian donair i'm gonna go back to my hotel my phone is blowing up from these realtors saying, come on, it's the last night. Come have another drink with us. We're at this one bar. Oh my God. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I go have another drink, you know, hanging out. Finally, I decide it's time for me to go. So I'm walking back to my hotel. It's 1.40. And my alarm would have to be set for 3.30 so that I could get up and pack and go to the, get in the cab and go to the airport. Uh. So while, while I'm walking back to my hotel, I have that moment of decision where I'm like, is it worth sleeping? No. <laughs> It's not. Because it's I'm, it's I'm almost more mean. Yeah. So so I decide I'm not going to sleep. I pack. I take a shower. You know, I watch Netflix on my phone for 30 minutes, get in a cab, go to the airport. My First off, my 6 a.m. flight was canceled. So they got me on another flight that rerouted me through other cities. So I'm in Montreal and I'm getting onto my plane to go to Chicago. So I hadn't slept. So I had a hoodie on and basically my hood up and just, I'm like trying to not speak. You travel like a little munchkin gnome. Every time I see pictures of you squished into a little seat with your little hood on, it's, yeah, yeah. you're being smuggled like a little person. I'm small enough that I can pull my legs up in an airplane seat and sleep (sighs) curled up in a little ball. It's amazing. You and I side by side look like an apostrophe as friends. (laughs) Like you're, you're a little dot and I'm this really long comma. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Okay. So this is the good part. Yes. So, so I, I'm getting onto the airplane and I had my hood up and they're checking your passport again with your boarding pass. And so she makes me take my hood off so she can see my face and then I put my hood back up and then I'm walking down the jetway and I hear this voice behind me go why did they make me take my hat off <laughs> I just, and, and knowing who it is I can only hear it <laughs> so I, 
I turn around and there's this guy and he has a hat on and sunglasses and kind of a bandana up over his face. Oh my God. And, and, and I, and I turn around and I'm like, well, they make me, they made me take my hood off too. And he was like, that's not cool. And I was like, well, they had to see your face. (laughs) So anyway, and, and I keep walking and I, I go about my business and I do think to myself, I have this moment where I think that guy's voice sounds like Polly Shore. <laughs> so get on the plane to Montreal, you know, sleep on the plane, get off. I'm in Chicago. My boarding pass doesn't have the gate number on it or the gate. So I go up to the counter and I get my gate number. And this man is standing right there by the gate. And he was like, now he has his hat and his sunglasses off. And he's like, were you the last one off the plane? I said, I don't know. He's like, I'm looking for my friend. And then <laughs> I realized. Is this smiled. the first time Homeboys traveled? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, he looked like he had had a rough night, too. Oh, uh, he often does. So, so, um, and then I realized it is Polly Shore. <laughs> so I smile and I walk over closer to him and I said, you know what's funny? When you were walking down the jet bridge behind me, I thought to myself, his voice kind of sounds like Polly Shore. And now that I see you, <laughs> and I, I didn't say anything. And he smiles and he goes, everything is revealed. <laughs> <laughs> Even however wrecked he was, he still gives, gives you a nice little one-liner. <laughs> exactly. So we just chatted for a few minutes. He asked where I was going. I said I was going home to Denver. And he said, is that where you live? I said, Colorado Springs. He's like, oh, I'll be there in a few weeks. He's what? like, I'm doing a show. Do you want to come? I was like, yeah. He's like, give me your number. So I gave him my number and he kissed me on the cheek and he was like, all right, I'll text you later, baby. Holy hell. Yeah. Polly, Polly Shore has your phone number. So, yeah, but this is what's funny. So, you know, I get home, I'm with my kids, all of that. Um, you know, the normal craziness of my life. And, um, my, my nine-year-old, he has this, um, science projects that he's working on where a couple times a week he has to like check the weather the wind speed the barometric pressure he has to like note it in his science binder or whatever and so i just love your life so much so yesterday he has my cell phone because he's looking up the weather and he was like you just got a text and i was like from who he said polly shore (laughs) (laughs) that's the best thing ever i just right does he even know who polly shore is though well, he is because I told them about it, and I showed them, I showed them like son, like the front of son-in-law or like um, Biodome. I was like, you guys oh. haven't seen any of these, and they were like, oh, no, yes. and you don't want to watch your stupid old movies. Oh, watch old movies. Oh no, we're we're old. I know. I, uh, no. I have an intimate, not intimate, intimate, but a metaphorically intimate connection to Polly Shore because um, I think it, what was the one where he was an RA in the dorms? Was that son-in-law? Uh, I think it was son-in-law. Son-in-law, I don't remember. Um, no, I, it's been a long time. Yeah, I remember when I went to college. I had seen. I'm, let's say it's son-in-law. I'm 99% sure it is. Uh, his character was an RA, a resident assistant in the dorms. And um, when I went off to college, that's why I wanted to be an RA ba- because I was like, well, that looks so fun the way it was in that movie. And I knew better. I wasn't. A, I wasn't a moron. That I know what fiction is, but I based my co- college career on Polly Shore. So a Polly Shore fictional character. So, <laughs> so how was it? Uh, it wasn't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was like work and like socializing, and I had to. Cre- you would love this. I had to create actual like social gatherings. I like you as RAs. You had oh, to like. I wouldn't like that. You well, no, you'd like the fact that I was in charge of it. Like, <laughs> you, we were tasked like we had a quota of like things because you get free room and board, and so you know you have to kind of earn your keep. 
and uh, you had to do like a weekly something to get your residents, you know, to hang out and be together, especially the freshmen, because you know they're they're the ones that are sometimes either will hole up and be sad. And I based it off of of damn son-in-law, and it was the word. My weekly event was we'd watch all watch a movie in my room, and I would log that away to our uh, senior resident assistant as my activity. That you had plans and activities. Yeah, yeah, a bunch speak. of guys watching a movie. Have to speak to anyone. Yeah, exactly. A lot of times I was like, I would, I would put on there like the this was before the email big time. I don't even know. Oh, on our post or billboard, I'd have a Dawson's Creek night in my house, so that way I could get females in my room too. Not because I was a, not because I was sexually clever, but because I had to have females there too. You know as well as I do. Oh, oh, I had me. no idea I, these girls wanted to be there. I know. I know that you. I know that you are 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 not very stellar at picking up on female cues. No. Remember, Remember there was the time when we were at your house. We actually may have been re- recording a podcast, and there was this cute—I was about to say girl, but it was a woman—that <laughs> yeah. would walk by your house with a dog, and you and uh, your dog got out. Izzy got out and ran out, and you were like, "This is my chance," <laughs> and you went out to get Izzy, and you came back in, okay. and you were like, "I didn't say anything." Yep. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Nothing has changed at all. It's horrible. (laughs) No, I totally remember that. I think I remember who it was, too. That's pretty funny. I think... (laughs) I need you in my pocket to keep keep me, like, straight and figure that... (laughs) So I know what the hell is going on. You know what? I I feel like I've always been your wingman. You are, yeah. You're my little Canadian hippie shoulder angel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm more like like the little uh, angel on your shoulder than a wingman. Yeah, exactly. And it's a nebulous angel. It's kind of like, well, this angel is also wearing a biker jacket. So I don't know... I don't know this angel's hey, intentions. It's both. it's both. Listen, it's and. That's that's the hippie lesson. It's that it's always and, right? Oh, look at you. See? <laughs> yeah, somebody called me out the other day about using the word hippie in a derogatory way. And I was like, no, I'm, I used to. But now I'm trying to use it more as like just an identifier. You know, it's just... People, when I tell people I'm a hippie, I'm always like, no, I'm a legit hippie. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And then I start to explain. And they're like, oh, yeah, you, you are a hippie. <laughs> I think it has different meanings for everybody, for sure. Sure, sure. I mean, I don't, I don't ascribe to the dirty hippie. No, you're, you're clean and smell hippie. good. I just want everybody to know well, that Alicia's clean what, what and smells my, good. <laughs> Why, thank you. One of my catchphrases is that I'm a hippie, but with better shoes. Yes. You'll never see me in Birkenstocks. You're more likely to see me in stilettos. <laughs> I could just see you in flat shoes, though. You'd be like negative height. <laughs> Well, I was wearing my I was wearing my favorite Steve Madden kind of like beat up biker boots. Hey, I I'm, I'm she looked hot. It was a really <laughs> confusing image to have a it's person my, like that at Disneyland. It's my signature look. I wear little sundresses with my like biker boots. There you it's my go. favorite. No, I'm I have a secret um, not fetish because that's creepy, but those that kind of boot. Uh, what's the other one? Fry. Fry is that the brand? Yeah, yeah, those are the cowboy. Oh, well, yeah. Fry, yeah, they make kind of like that square box toe boot, whatever. Yeah. A woman walks by wearing those, I'm retarded. It's, You're done. It, oh, yeah. You're done. Yeah. yeah. And of course, if, oh, of yeah. And, yeah, so game on. But then again, that means I need to leave my home and see humans. And so, <laughs> won't well, happen. You're- 
you're a secret cowboy and it's not super secret but you are definitely a secret cowboy oh yeah for sure yeah like the other day because i don't know if you saw but i started uh working at a ranch like eight hours a week, eight hours a week volunteering and I uh did. kicking off my old you're... my old shit kickers and my cowboy hat walking out of you know like north hollywood to my big old boy pickup truck i was like yeah i'm back home and i smell like horse poop <laughs> <laughs> Well, you might you you will be surprised. I know you've worked with horses before, but horses are used for therapy. You That's actually what the ranch is for. What? It's yeah, for people. We train those people. We, yeah, we do it for those people. The people come up there for that. Yeah. And I told him, friends. I told him that straight up. I was like, like, thank you for helping us with the people that are coming up for the the equine therapy. And I was like. This is that's a bonus. I, this is more for me. I was like, I'm ten yeah. seconds with a horse for whatever reason. Yeah, days just better. No, they're gonna do. Good. It's gonna do good for your soul. Yeah, my soul needs <laughs> my soul needs goodness. <laughs> yes, yes. All of our all of our souls need goodness. That's Aww. that's the that's the that's why you go sit down by the water, or that's why you go out in nature or why you sit on your front steps with your pirate flag blowing in the wind yeah for those who don't know she's not exactly she's not exaggerating she literally has a pirate flag at her house very nice adult house but then peter pan style has a pirate flag planted firmly on a on a post on a flagpole yeah yeah not even a post it's a legit flagpole it is a legit flagpole it's a legit flagpole and and we fly the pirate flag it's (laughs) It's, you know, I mean, it's, it's twofold because number one, I do, my house is called Never, Neverland. Of course. Oh yeah. Never, Neverland. You'll see videos and, for people don't, yeah. I, I know I'm, it sounds like I'm more exaggerating, but you'll see videos where I actually didn't know what was going on, where I'd see your Instagram stories and I'd say, okay, there's the three kids present and accounted for. Okay. There's a dog and Alicia chaos. And then there'd be some night where I don't know what's going on, but I see Alicia's Neverland family room of this adult house is turned into uh, uh, some sort of LSD trip concert. So there's, she's literally got a friend there DJing and remixing oh, on this. Tur- and I didn't know that. I just, I yeah, just saw and DJ. was blinded. Yeah, she has like an in, literally an in-house DJ. In-house DJ. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I'm, I'm multifaceted, right? It's the, yeah. it's the successful, the successful career woman hustler, the single mom. The raver, yeah. the, the hippie, you know, the the actor. You are unlike <laughs> anything I've ever seen. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just want to experience it all. Is your is your page public? Yeah, it is. Well, yep. for those who need to see this adventure, because Alicia, like she's just said, and she's modest yet humble and proud, she is the most diverse. <laughs> like if she was one, if you were one of your things, you would be a bad person because if you were, were like the hardest worker that you are be like people are like oh this all this all she does is work or the other extreme if you're just like this crazy intense happy hippie Party you up. wouldn't accomplish anything the fact you do yeah. all of these things that most people only do one of follow her al underscore baruti b-e-r-r-u-i-t-i no uh, no 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 what b-e-r-r-u-t-i did i not just say that well that no, you... okay <laughs> al, A-L uh, underscore B-E-R-R-U-T-I. There you go. So, I'm, I'm the only Alicia Baruti in the United States. I'm really easy to find. Holy crap. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I've never heard that name until you, so. Yeah. Yeah, All the right. only other Barutis are my ex-husband and his parents. Oh. So. <laughs> I like how you said <laughs> this, 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 I just pictured this like way station of just bodies trailing behind you with that same last name the way you worded that. <laughs> 
The only other ones are those who I've slain before me as I went to the Dragon of Progress. <laughs> the Dragon of Progress? Yeah, I don't know. That was my, that was my Sunday attempt at wit. Um, I love it. All right, well, cool. Alicia and I are going to wrap it up, and I'm going to stop, hit record, and we're going to keep talking. So, Alicia, thank you so much for doing this. I hope uh, You are so welcome. It was a pleasure. Everybody enjoys bringing a little bit of the feminine touch to my show. <laughs> I'm happy to. All right. All right, everyone. So that wraps it up for our Tuesday. I massively, massively appreciate you listening in because technically today is the first uh, episode that um, people that shelled out some money uh, is aired, was aired for. So to you, I truly thank you. Um, all the media out there is charging people. And so um, it's awesome to be able to make this uh, my job. And as such, I want everybody to know I will treat it like a job and you are my customers and I I know I exist and I'm being able to do what I do, whether in film, TV, or now this podcast, I exist and can do it because of you. So it means the absolute world to me. So uh, please share this podcast if it's something you think others would enjoy on the drive to work or whatever, patreon.com forward slash Jeff Bosley. And again, you are more than welcome to on the Patreon page. Um, chime in on the show's uh, comment section on the little feed there and you're also more than welcome to email me fans at jeffbosley.com and we can talk about segments you can ask questions make suggestions send show topic ideas um, segment name ideas segment music that you think would be good intros whatever you think is best uh, this is designed by me but for you so you are uh, you have an integral say in everything that happens um so again thank you everyone take care go forth conquer kick ass adios